What an up and down ride for all of us in Alberta, especially those of us who live in the enhanced restriction zone. All this craziness is tearing us apart as our mental health, our emotions, our relationships are spiraling. But friends, this is the first Sunday of Advent. Advent's all about light shining in the darkness. It's all about Jesus, the light, entering our dark world, uh, uh, bringing hope and healing. So today, we, we start a new series of messages for Advent. We're calling it, Look Up, It's Christmas. And friends, we really need Christmas, and, and we need the Jesus of Christmas. Now, I grabbed the idea for this series from Rick Warren at Saddleback Church, so let me acknowledge that I'm going to grab a few thoughts from him over the next few weeks. But the theme that I want to leave with you throughout this series that I think is so important during these, these crazy days of the pandemic where, where the number of people who are, are sick are actually on steady increase and sadly so are the numbers of those succumbing to COVID. But even greater is the collateral damage, the fallout from how we're trying to contain the pandemic. And that's not a political statement. It's just this catch-22 uh, situation we're in. It's the reality that we're all struggling throughout this pandemic. We're, we're struggling at home. We're struggling with our kids and their school. We're, we're struggling with our situations at work or our lack of work. Uh, opinions are polarized and sometimes quite vicious, right? I have a, a, a bit of a personal friendship with Dr. David Williams, the medical officer of Health for Ontario. We, we both lived in Thunder Bay at the same time, and he served as an elder, as a board member at the church I pastored there. He was also the camp director uh, at the camp that Jane works at every summer. Uh, the Ontario Auditor General just lambasted Dr. Williams' leadership, so, something that it's debatable whether that's really within her mandate to do. Uh, she's supposed to focus on financial numbers, but... Hey, I've always, always admired David Williams for his collaborative, measured, unflappable approach to leadership. I've learned so much from having him on uh, one of my previous boards. He modeled leadership so well to me personally, uh, and so I've let him know that I I'm praying for him. I raise that because whether you're the medical officer of health or a, a province, which is a no-win job, really, or the owner of Patties across the street, a, a school teacher who is now doing everything online, a, a contractor at one of our oil sand sites who have had your job or your hours cut or your job eliminated altogether, or you're a parent whose kid is isolating at home because of exposure to COVID at school, and you just can't afford to not work. Our worlds have been turned upside down. And here's what I want to suggest as we move into the Christmas season that things in the midst of this COVID mess will start looking up when we start looking up. Let me say that again, that in the midst of all of this COVID mess we're in, it, things will start to look up when we look up. In other words, your circumstances will improve when you stop looking at them and start looking at God. One of my favorite Psalms is Psalm 8. That means you might have heard this passage from me more than once. King David, who spent a lot of time in the outdoors as a youth and young adult, writes, when I look at the night sky, and by the way, tonight is a beaver moon. It's kind of a full moon with a partial eclipse that if you want to get up at 1242, I don't, but some of you might be up then. You might see one, something spectacular tonight. Anyways, when I look at the night sky and see the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars you set in place, what are mere mortals that you would think about them, human beings that you should care for them? 
Yet you made them only a little lower than God and crowned them with your glory and honor. You gave them charge over everything you made. Lord, you are amazing. You know that I am one of those guys that kind of connects deeply with God in the outdoors. I love the night sky when I'm outdoors. I just see the fingerprints of God everywhere. But when I look into the sky, right, the night sky, the stars, the moon, the northern lights, I'm just reminded that I'm part of something that God has made. I'm, I'm part of something much bigger than me. And, and so all of the problems of the world start to melt away. And during this Advent season, we just want to look up. Just like the various characters of the Christmas story looked up in the midst of their challenges. Today, we're going to focus on Mary and how she overcame confusion and fear. Next week, we'll look at Joseph and how he overcame hurt and a broken heart. And then we'll keep going. Looking up, because as we look up, as we get our eyes on Jesus, our circumstances start to look up. So the theme of this series is don't give up, look up. And we need this. We need to learn to look up. Friends, can you and I admit that we have this, well, idealized and romanticized picture in our minds of how everything was just sweet and non-stressful leading up to Jesus' birth? You know, sweet, sweet Mary... Sweet baby Jesus boy, away in a manger, no crib for the bed. The, the little Lord Jesus laid down his sweet head. Heck, every baby's head is sweet, right? The cattle are lowing, the baby awakes, but little Lord Jesus, no crying he makes. Oh man, that is bunk, okay? He cried. You get what I'm saying? He, he wailed, he was human. But that first Christmas was a whole lot more stressful than just the baby crying. And today, the stress that we want to focus on is the stress that gripped Mary. Like, how did Mary react when she first got the news that she would be the mother of the Son of God? That's a bit of a shocking newsflash, right? And so we read the story of Mary when the angel Gabriel came and explained to her what was going to happen. And all, all Mary could think of was a thousand questions. You know what I mean? Like, what? Why me? When? Where? I mean, how could this possibly happen what am I going to tell my fiance? What am I supposed to tell my parents and friends? Who's going to believe me? Even today, while pregnancies outside of marriage are not quite as scandalous as it was in Mary's day, come on, you can still feel that tension, right? I mean, Mary was just confused and worried. Wouldn't you be? Tell your husband, your boyfriend, you're pregnant, that God impregnated you. How's that going to fly? I mean, even today, that's a problem. Believe me, if an angel showed up to you and said the same thing, you'd be confused and worried too. The Apostle Luke writes this, Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. I guess so. By the way, that the Greek word here, when it says confused, is only used once, just once in the Bible. It's the word in Greek, dia perezo, and it means perplexed, anxious, completely shaken, troubled. That that's how she felt. Now, I don't throw Greek at you very often, but sometimes it helps. I mean, Mary didn't feel Mary and Merry Christmas, right? She just felt confused and troubled. And most of you know the story. They're taking a Roman census, and you know how it goes, that because of her fiancé, her fiancé has to go to his birth town. What does that mean? 
well, for a day or two, I'm guessing two. Some think they did this trip in a day. I think it's two days. So we're talking that the last two days before she delivers, there is a, there she is riding on a donkey, you know, bumpity bump bump, and for the last two days of your pregnancy, you're full term riding a donkey, and the journey is well over 100 kilometers, maybe more exactly 112 kilometers, all in a day or two. Now, I, I don't know a lot about being pregnant, but that doesn't sound fun, right? I don't know any pregnant woman who'd like to do that the last two days before you give birth. Then she has to deliver her first child by herself in a barn. No doctor, no mom, no sisters, no aunts, no midwife. Then the lifelong task of raising the Son of God. I mean, not just any kid, the Son of God. But here's what I want you to see. We'll see this each week of this Advent series. But when Mary focused, when she changed her focus, her feelings changed. When she looked up, she started to experience this lift. When she looked up, her emotions lifted. Everything changed for Mary when she focused on God and his promises. But that's not where she started. She didn't start with a focus on God's promise. She focused on her unplanned, totally unexpected pregnancy. I was just going to call it an unplanned pregnancy. That's what I put, or that's what we put on our social media post. My wife, Jane, by the way, is obviously feeling much better after her surgery because she pushed back on that. She wanted me to use the word unexpected pregnancy, not unplanned pregnancy. Why? Because it was not unplanned. God planned it. She might have a point. I I tried to say it was unplanned for Mary, but she'd have none of that, right? Um, Maybe she's the better theologian. So it's unplanned or unexpected, whatever it is, Mary focused on the impossible position she's been put in, the gossip, the rumors, and then she's pretty sure that she's going to get rejected by her fiancé and shunned by her community. Her wedding plans are, are now just tossed into the garbage. She is not focused on anything but all of the bad news. Can you identify? And she's living in a culture that might just stone you to death for that. So she had good reason to be confused and worried. But then Mary looked up. She chose to look up. She began to focus on God's promises. And when she looked up, she started to feel lifted. Her her emotions lifted. And she began to believe that God had a bigger plan for her life. She, She began to see that this was not the end of the story. To quote my wife, this was not unplanned, but God's plan. Yeah. Sometimes my wife really knows her stuff. Just saying. So Mary. Mary came to understand that this was actually the beginning of a much greater story that God had chosen her to be a part of. Let's read how the Apostle Luke describes this. And I I think the message translation catches the emotion of what's happening well. The angel told Mary, nothing you see is impossible with God. Mary said, yes, I see it all now. See, she's, she's changed her focus, right? She's looking up. I see it all now. She's looking at it from a different perspective. So let it be with me, just as you say. She says, I'm ready to serve. I'm the Lord's maid, ready to serve. When Mary's focus changed, it changed her feelings, and her feelings changed from confusion to clarity. And with clarity, she gained confidence 
the depression and the worry lifted, the emotions lifted. And the Apostle Luke then records one of the most amazing prayers of Thanksgiving after what seemed to be bad news, shocking news, confusing news, scary news. And she prays, and her prayer is just chock full of scriptures that she'd obviously memorized. So one of the things, as you will get into this prayer, is she knew her Bible and had major passages memorized. You might think about the value of memorizing a few key Bible verses yourself. Mary is such a great model for us. And hey, there's a good reason why God chose Mary. She's a deeply spiritual young lady with a heart that is fully devoted to God. But I've got to read her prayer to you. It's called the Magnificent Mary's Song of Praise. It's awesome. And Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit, catch this, rejoices in God my Savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is His name. His mercy extends to those who fear Him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with His arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised his ancestors. Come on, that's that's amazing, right? She's been confused and perplexed, but as soon as she gets her eyes off of the mess that she's in, gets her eyes on God, and when she sees what he's doing, what happens, she just does an instant 180. From confusion and worry to confidence. Confidence that God's got this. That he's calling her to play a role in what he's up to in the world. All of a sudden she understands where she belongs in the history of Israel. Really in the history of the world. She went from confusion to clarity. From fear to confidence. And all it took was a change in focus. And did you catch what Mary said in that song of praise? Let me read it this time from the message translation. God took one look at me and look at what happened. I'm the most fortunate woman on earth. What God has done for me will never be forgotten. That's one incredible change in attitude. I would say so anyways. Why? Because she changed her focus. And I want you to notice something else incredibly important. It's it's about the impact our attitude has on one another. Because when Mary's attitude changed, everybody else's attitude around her changed as well. The Apostle Luke says this, her neighbors and her relatives, seeing that God had overwhelmed her with mercy, celebrated with her. So now she's gone from confusion to clarity to confidence to celebration. And I'm on a C word roll, but that word's in the Bible. Okay. Mary's gone from confusion to clarity. And with that clarity, her attitude changes. And it impacts all of the people around her. And the result is this celebration. They all celebrate what God is doing in the midst of what is still, when you think of this is still a very challenging situation. Mary is still pregnant before she's married in a culture that deals harshly with things like this. But Mary's spirits are now up and the spirits of her friends and her family around her are up. Friends, Your attitude. Your attitude matters big time. 
If your mood, if your attitude is up, you will cause the mood of others to go up. If you're feeling down, if your attitude is a bit dark, you will spread darkness and depression to the people around you. Your attitude matters. You you need to take responsibility for your attitude to, to keep it up. And you don't have to do this all by yourself. What what you have to do is you look up. And as you look up, you lift yourself up. And as you lift yourself up, you lift others up with you. So yeah, if you, you want to see yourself lifted up out of the mess and the discouragement and the quagmire you're in right now, and, and if you want to be someone who brightens up other people's lives in these challenging days, it, it's really all about where you put your focus. Where you put your focus, friends, is is incredibly powerful. So will you look up and get your eyes on Jesus? Maybe you don't know Jesus personally yet. Maybe you've never made a commitment to become a follower of Jesus and invited him into your life. Friends, that's where you got to start. Hear me, because this is life and death important to you, like life now and life forever with Jesus important. You've got to look up to Jesus and admit that he is God, risen from the dead. You have to ask him to forgive your, your sins for the stuff that keeps you at arm's length from God. And, and, and you just say, you just, well, let me pause and say that if you've never done this, you should, you should do, you should pray and make a commitment. And let me just give you some words that maybe you can think about and use. Uh, uh, take what I'm about. I'm going to throw some words out in a minute. And um, maybe if you've never done this, you might take those words and just frame your own prayer and make a commitment to become that follower of Jesus. And uh, yeah, just say something like this. Just tell Jesus, say, Jesus, Jesus, I believe in you. And Jesus, I invite you to become, to come into my life as my, as my leader and my Lord. Yeah, just, just invite him to take up residence in your life. And I confess that I've not lived for you or followed your ways. Uh, just give a moment of confession to the sin that separates you from God. And then just make a commitment. Keep committing. Say, from this day forward, I will keep my eyes on you and follow you. And and then just ask, right? Ask that he would lift you out of darkness and use you to help others get lifted out of the darkness. Just just take those kinds of thoughts and create your own prayer. Even now as I'm preaching, you you can just pray this and and just invite Jesus to be a part of your life to give you the lift that you need. And by the way, if if you're doing that, if if you're taking this prayer seriously, uh, I'd love it if you'd message me and let me know. I'd love to be able to encourage you in your walk with Jesus and suggest some tips to get you going in the right direction. Now, most of us here, either in person or watching online, at some point in your life, you've made that commitment to follow Jesus. But hey, you've let this pandemic, you've let your work situation or even your unemployment or You've let the shutdown of sports or school going online or whatever it is to darken your world and to send you on a downward spiral. The reality is people all over a city, and that includes many of you, are on a downward spiral right now, even if you're a follower of Jesus. So today I, I call you to look up. It's, it's time to look up. It's time to get your eyes off of the problem and onto Jesus. It's time that you put your faith in gear and realize that not only what Jesus can do for you, but what he really wants to do for you. But you, you're, you're not looking at Jesus right now. You're consumed with your problems and you feel like you're drowning. Friends, just get your eyes off of the problem and get your eyes on Jesus. Hey, at first, Mary was terrified by her unplanned, unexpected pregnancy. 
But then she got her eyes on God and His promises and everything changed. Same deal for you and me. Jesus invites us to take our eyes off of our problems and what's getting us down to shift our focus and look up to Him. And Jesus will lift us up out of the darkness if we let Him. So how about it? Will you get your eyes back on Jesus and let Him lift you up? Will you get your eyes off of the scary stuff going on all around you? Get your eyes on Jesus and and know that Jesus is going to save you. Jesus will get you through this. What a friend we have in Jesus. What a privilege to know him. Don't give up, friends. Look up. Get your eyes off of all of this COVID stuff and, and, and look up to Jesus. Let me pray for you that once again you would look up to Jesus and receive the power that will lift you out of the confusion and fear that we're in. Join me for a moment of prayer. Lord Jesus, I want to lift up everyone who's listening to this message, whether online or in person to you, that you would come and put your arm on their shoulder, assure them that you are here with them and call them to look up to your Heavenly Father. I pray that today would be a day where hundreds are lifted up out of their despair and darkness as they look to you. And as you shine your light, that light that brings joy, that light that enhances our lives and shows us the way through the junk that we're experiencing. For those turning to substances, self-abuse as a way to cope with these days. For those who are getting a little short and doing damage to relationships. For those who have been wrestling with suicidal thoughts, Jesus, come, presence yourself in their lives, flood them with your light and love, show them that there's a way through this, that the way through this uh, is so powerful as we commit ourselves to you. Indeed, what a friend we have in Jesus, all our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege we have to carry everything to you in prayer. And God, we do thank you that we know you, that we can take it all to you in prayer, that we can call you friend as you forgive us. And so today we look up. We look up as Mary looked up and realized that this will pass, that we're part of something much bigger. We're part of a world that you made and so love. So would you walk with us in these days? We give thanks for this truth in Jesus' name. Amen.